this lovely Valentine's Day and Ash Wednesday. So love is in the air and so is sacrifice. So we have love and sacrifice today as our themes. In a couple seconds, we'll talk about This Is Me Now. Lynn saw that on Amazon Prime. Around minute 12, Colin and Brad from Fly North Theatricals talk about the Greenfinch STL Theater and Dive Bar space. Around minute 35, Moby Dick is at the rep. Around minute 51, Bob Marley, One Love, is in theaters now. And then around one hour and one minute, Jazz saw Mamma Mia at the Fox. Valentine's Day and Ash Wednesday. The last time this happened was 2018 that Valentine's and Ash Wednesday were on the same day. But before that was 1945. And usually when Ash Wednesday and Valentine's Day are on the same day, Easter is on April Fool's Day. But since it is a leap year, which is also your son's birthday, it is March 31st. So... We will not have the April Fool seeing a rabbit this year. But the April Fool will be the Easter egg hunt at the Weiss House, which I have done before. And that's a whole bunch of information that no one cares about. So let's go on, then. But did you see the bunnies outside uh, Enterprise last night when you were at Drake? No, I did not see any bunnies outside of Enterprise last night. I think there were too many people around because they had 19,000 people on Monday night and 17,000 people on Tuesday night. So Drake made Drake made money. Even though Drake made money from the Super Bowl, he also made money in St. Louis. And okay. that broke the Drake curse. Normally if Drake puts down a whole bunch of money for a team, they lose. Did you know that? I did not know that. But uh I wanna uh I wanna introduce our guest today. I was working on my movie Dick review, so I was up very, very, very late. So not as late as you, Carl, but I'm used to it. Okay, so we have Colin Healy and Bradley Rock today from the award-winning Fly North Theatricals and also Green Finch Theater and Dock. And I was just there recently, and I just fell in love with this place. And and I want everybody to know about it because it's really awesome. And it's in Fox Park, and it's the latest theater venue. So hi, guys. Hey, what's up? Hi there. And we always love when you're on, so thank you. And then Chaz is here today, Chaz Adams, because he just got to see Mama Mia last night. And I want to hear about that. But also, we were privileged to be at Moby Dick on Friday night. And then Chaz has been doing uh, dance concerts and all sorts of things. So he And the symphony just announced their schedule. So we're going to have the whole gamut today, Carl, except we have a whole lot of movies and theater to talk about well we only you and i only saw one movie that's out right now the other one we did not get to see i've seen um i saw j-lo's movie last night oh you did i did this is me now Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and how was it it's just what you think it's gonna be a whole bunch of 2000 uh of the century rappers uh guesting on songs no it's it's a high concept extended music video. That is not love. at all what I thought. You said about, you said it would be exactly what I thought. That is not what I thought at all. No, it's uh to coincide with the album. And it's all about how now she's found love after looking for love her entire life. And now she's found real happiness and basically people buzz off. Let them be happy. 
Um, were the Dunn Kings there? No. No. Okay, so that was just a Super Bowl ad, even though it actually promoted her album as well. But um, Ben Affleck is in as a character. Oh, as a character, not as her love? It's kind of vague. They kind of have shadowy figure that's supposed to be him. But it's, so it's a high So if you like J-Lo, if you like J-Lo like as an actress or as a singer, you will like this. Yes, because she has 30 rom-coms or, or 30 movies to her credit. Many rom-coms. Okay, guys, I'm putting you on the spot, but fave, fave J-Lo rom-com. Anybody? Does Out of Sight count? Well, fave movie. Fave J-Lo movie. That was pretty sexy, right? Trapped in, a, trapped in a trunk with trunk. Clooney. Chaz, mm -hmm. do you have a favorite J-Lo uh, film? No, I do not. I I don't think I've even maybe ever seen more than one. So, <laughs> Colin, I just googled, googled J Lo movies just to like prime myself and realized I don't think I've seen any of them. <laughs> My man, I wanted to go see Hustlers. That looked fun, but yes. I did. Oh, it is good. It is good. Uh, well, Carl, I I'm partial to the Wedding Planner with Matthew McConaughey, and my favorite scene is when they are underneath the Golden Gate Bridge and there's a drive-in movie for everybody and everybody dances. That's my favorite scene. Uh-huh. I'm still talking about uh, Out of Sight because that's Elmore Leonard and that was when she was just starting out and she was acting. But uh, she did act in Hustlers. In Hustlers, it was an actual performance and not a rom com light thing. But she's good at the rom com light thing. She is very good at it. And she was in Shall We Dance with Richard Gere and Susan Sarandon. And she did Selena, the Selena biopic. Yeah. And she that's how that's in who that's who she introduced, you know, she was introduced basically her breakout role. But she is actually think about the halftime. She's 54 years old. She has the most incredible skin, a as as somebody said, a rigorous skin regimen. And she looks like she's let's say thirty. Yeah. So she's kind of like going through the 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 many loves of J Lo thing about how she's always picking these wrong guys. And uh, then her music her music drops her album drops Friday. The movie is on Amazon Prime. It's only an hour, and then a documentary about her life comes out two weeks later. So it's going to be a lot of J-Lo. A lot. She's so, a lot. A lot. So before we before we begin the roundtable about entertainment and town discussion, favorite Super Bowl commercials, anybody want to throw us something out there? It, it, it's not fair because I watched all of them beforehand and the only only one or two of them surprised me. Like the State Farm Arnold Schwarzenegger one, they showed everything up until the end with Danny DeVito. So that actually surprised me. But the ones I watched were the ones that were the extended cuts. Like I watched a five minute uh, J Lo and Ben Affleck Dun Duncan Dun King's commercial, which I which had a whole bunch of other people in it that actually made me like the commercial even less go ahead okay, Colin. the best commercial objectively and i'm sorry that you guys have the wrong opinions the uh 
is the the Duolingo bird butt. It was only five seconds long. And it it made me want to do my Duolingo. I'm not gonna lie about it. And if you guys wow. aren't if you guys aren't on TikTok and don't know about the Duolingo uh, social lore. media presence, there is deep lore. <laughs> that I, I, did not I'm, come not, out of <laughs> I'm not on the TikToks, which as you can tell that's by me saying it. the TikToks. Yes, that's yeah, what the kids call it. That's them. what the kids call it. Yeah, of course. So you're the TikToks. Yeah. I Chaz, have it. I just it? I I just always just open it when somebody sends me a link. Like the new Jimmy Kimmel Oscar Land commercial, somebody sent me the link on TikTok, but it's on oh, okay. How long can TikToks be? Because that Kimmel thing was like five minutes, ten. Right. Maybe up to ten now. Yeah, I like this guy called Greg. He's like a former teacher. He's hilarious. Gregisms. I know I sound really old. I sound like you know, like um, you would call it the TikToks. <laughs> You're out here pushing a book, Lynn. Who reads it more? <laughs> yeah, I like my books read to me, Lynn. Yeah, in, well, in, in short snippets on TikTok, like five minutes at a time. And then I got to go and I got to click through all of them. And then they take forever to post the next part. And it's awful. I know. Well, this anthology, Ageless Glamour Girls Reflections on Aging, is a collective group of 14 women. And they're a hoot and a holler and very strong and fierce. And we started this thing last week. They're coast to coast. I'm one of like three in St. Louis. And uh, they're badass women because we're older and we know life. And um, anyway, we started this thing. Or as, as this uh, New York anchor says, she was our MC. It's, it's more than a book now. It's a movement. So we had a Galentine's Day event. Anybody could be on it. We were on YouTube, but uh, I didn't want to say we're not on the TikTok. But YouTube's fine; it's um, still relevant. So, so we were on the it's where the kids get their music from today instead of radio. <laughs> and people could and could um, ask questions. So they. Uh, were as somebody asked about dry January, and uh, so the ladies were responding, and then somebody asked about dating after fifty. Because unlike you happily married guys, we have some women are married, some women are not, and so I just threw in there dry January, which apparently got yeah. a huge laugh. So, but seriously, I know, I know. So, um. Anyway, we're going to do it again during March's Women's Month. So we're going to do it again. So it's more than a book. It's a movement. Well, then. Yes. It's All right, Lynn, let's, let's, let's save the Bob Marley review till later. Let's talk to the guys. Yes. Colin and Bradley. You know, uh, I, I used to understand dry January. You know, it's not for me. But, like, now that I'm the proud owner of a bar i find it to be anti-small business nay anti-american <laughs> but i'm guessing you guys do have mocktails as well don't you we do we cater we we have the the whole gamut we have a signature mocktail we have a non-alcoholic beer that we plan on getting more of of uh more flavors of and we can make just about anything with without alcohol yeah. and at the bar yeah and that's that's one thing as we were 
you know, designing this place, you know, we didn't wake up one morning and say, hey, let's open a bar. You know, there was a long process of we were vaguely interested in seeing what the possibilities of having our own theater venue space would look like. Circumstances on circumstances wound up looking like we bought the old way out club, converted it to a black box and now running the bar. So with the very, you know, we were both a theater venue for all performing arts and a neighborhood bar right here in Fox Park. So when we were designing what we want the liquor program to look like, it's like, hey, we need to have a little bit of everything for a little bit of everyone because we have a little bit of everything in the theater and we don't know who's going to walk through those doors. The biggest driver of footsteps for us is those events. Even though we are a community bar, we're open every day, every night from five to one, except on Sundays, five to midnight. And, you know, the we have this diversity of genres, diversity of crowds coming in here for all these different shows and they all want different things. And we tried our best to to listen to them. And, you know, if they're, it's not in here the first time you're in here, it'll be in here the second time you're in here. So well, by, today, by the way, uh, my my oldest son who lives in Los Angeles is a brand ambassador for a Whistle Pig Rye whiskey, and he's also a, a theater kid from St. Louis. So if you ever need a, uh, he's a he's an award winning mixologist, so you could probably uh, tap him to help you out with a, a signature drink if you want. So we both like rye, so yeah, yeah. actually, our, one of our signature cocktails already has rye in it, but you know, we're not we're you know, <laughs> you're not married to it. <laughs> well, you know what, I, every. For several years since today is Ash Wednesday, I have to bring given up alcohol yeah. for Lent, and and but still wanting to go out. I've tried all of the non-alcoholic beers, even though there are more from when when I started. But Caliber by uh, I believe that's Guinness. Caliber is a fantastic non-alcoholic beer. Everyone knows about St. Pauli's Girl, uh, and then O'Doul's. Amber. Everyone knows about O'Doul's, but O'Doul's Amber is actually a lot better beer than O'Doul's. Interesting. We carry, a, uh, we carry uh, Athletics uh, Golden Dawn. Is that what it was? The, upside the down. Upside on. Upside on. We carry uh, uh, Athletics Upside on. They have five plus yeah, we'll, different we'll flavors, and that's honestly the Upside on and the, and the and their and their Golden Ale are like I drink them recreationally. Yeah. I, we we tried we tried their IPA, which was which honestly we we did a we did a blind taste testing of a bunch of different IPAs to pick which one we wanted to carry, and we threw the non-alcoholic one in there just kind of as a joke. But it, it hit the middle of our list on all our blind tastings. That's that's that, pretty cool. Yeah, <laughs> and and then you got the Heineken Zero. There there are there are a lot more when when my wife was pregnant a long time ago. Well, I have a 20 year old kid. So 21 years ago, my wife was pregnant and I was not drinking in solidarity with her. And we it was hard 21 years ago to find non-alcoholic drinks. But now it's the mocktail movement has spurned it on. And not just the mocktail movement either. It's it's CBD and THC stuff here, at least where it's legal. And like. Because the kids, the, the a lot of, I and mean, I'm saying the kids, we're, we're, we're in our 30s, but the kids who come in here that are like 21, 22, like half of them, maybe probably more than half of them are still drinking, but there is a large, a plurality of, of that, of the next generation that just isn't drinking alcohol. It's not to say that they're not drinking, they're drinking THC stuff and they're drinking mocktails. Um, and frankly, the THC, the THC stuff is far more expensive. They just, you know, <laughs> a lot of them aren't interested in, in, in the alcohol right, right now, at least. Until they get until they get a maybe 
jaded by the by the the throes of life and and then they'll be like ah screw or, or on a budget well no that's what i'm saying the thc the thc uh drinks are are way more expensive i mean we sell a stag for three bucks our thc seltzers are nine and ten dollars like it and and the 21 22 year olds are in here buying those more expensive ones they don't know wow. any better yet well i like your whimsical approach they have a happy hour Carl? happy hour yes no, and they have sappy hour and they have beer. They they say shitty beer for three dollars. I love that. That's, That's good. Time I, can do that. I know we can use it because we're not FCC. We're not on Carl's station where we can say shitty beer. But I enjoy that. But it's a lovely space. It's a comfortable space. It's a welcoming space. You walk in and it's not really divey at all. It looks very nice. And uh, uh, well, the way out was a dive. Well, well we, it was. Our- it, our whole thing is like just because you know we have dive prices on a lot of our stuff doesn't mean you can't have nice things. So we we and, have yeah and, and and once again like you know we there's there's something the idea of a dive bar there's something you know scary and gross about it but there's also something like oddly comfy about it and so we kind of said well what are the best parts of the dive ethic you know there there is if you're on the in crowd of a true dive bar it is a welcoming place we said like how can we take the ethic of cheap drinks comfortable place and broaden it for everybody and and that was kind of like the guiding principle behind a lot of and theater theater and i mean like the theater's integrated into our space i mean all these pictures you see behind me are people who have performed here and i still have a bunch to put up as our singlest I was wondering. I was wondering when I was looking around. I have my camera too. Um, They also they have board games, Carl, because you know I love the board games, and um, they some cast members because I was there for quite a while chatting up the cast and people that were there that were still talking, and um, the cast was sitting down playing Guess Who. That. Chestnut, I know. And were they playing subjective guess who? Pardon? Have you heard of subjective guess who, Lynn? No, no. It's a new way, a new way all the youths are playing guess who, where instead of asking, like, does this person have brown hair? Does this person, you know, whatever, it's like, does this person look like they've been a barista? Hmm. Did this person vote for Trump? (laughs) And 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 you'd be surprised. I played it the other night with a few of my friends and like somebody won. I mean, like it, it, it worked. <laughs> Subjectively won or one? No, one. Like we had, they, they guessed the right person the first time. Wow. Wow. That's good. <laughs> it's That's a, good. Oh, we're so judge. We're so judgy nowadays. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> you know, we are so judgy, but uh, speaking of judgy, um, how you I think I ran into you Bradley somewhere and you said that you were filling up pretty fast with bookings so the small companies were like Eureka we've got a place but how many seats is it 80 um it's 80 without sacrificing any of the stage space if you want to get it down to a a little square uh, about 15 by 15 square you can get up to 100 in there and we had a full, we had a full shadow cast of Rocky Horror uh, fit their entire production on a, down that fifteen by fifteen square, which was wild. It's like it's like in front of we have a, a like a thirteen foot movie screen in there that you didn't see for Dutchman because it's covered. 
but it's basically everything right in front of the center of the stage is that square. But the the stage without sacrificing any room is 15 by 30. So it's really wide. But yeah, that that's about 80 seats. Yeah, it's very wide and it's very well. I was very impressed with how you guys put the seating up and it's all comfy. It's not like you're cramped in. I've been in some spaces that you feel really cramped in and and that, but you don't feel like that at all there. I was very impressed and they got to do what they wanted to with the space and they have a dramaturgy, they have a exhibit in the back. And, and so it didn't feel like a college, like, you know, you're in a, a just, you know, one of those like, uh, Oh, when people storefront. we wanted it to be somewhere between a storefront theater and a true black box um soul siren you know brad and cam really like um pushed our even our like vision on on what you could do in the space we allow all the pe- all all our tenants to paint the floor if they want we have like a big bucket of black paint we're just like paint it back it's cool but they, <laughs> they uh really did a fantastic job in there and it it elucidates just you know like I mean, in our opinion, not even how much you can do with the space, but how much a simple but like methodical and creative approach can can make like our little 80 seat black box feel like a subway car. You know, it it, it really it really works. It was it was really cool. It is yes. really cool. It's running this weekend, too. Yes, it's a final weekend. So it is Thursday through Sunday. They are having Sunday. Five, five performances, five performances, Sunday, uh, sorry, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Saturday, Sunday. Yeah, that's right. Two on Saturday, four and an eight, four and eight, and then Sunday, two thirty. So a little bit different time timing, Thursday, 7 p.m., but we talked to Cameron last week and um, my take 10 with him is uh, currently on poplifestl.com and you'll find out more about him. And then uh, you have what else is coming up? What other groups are going to use your space? Got a lot of stuff coming up. Um, the rest of this month, we have uh, uh, what's called Rising Cabaret. It's like a bunch of St. Louis uh, up and coming y- y- like young talent. Um, we have, oh, what's the, the, story, the, the, the St. Story. Louis storytellers. We have, he's doing a performance in here. It's the, uh, the another white suburbanite self-indulgent leap day extravaganza. He's doing the, <laughs> he's doing the performing and all the tech. Yeah. I don't uh, know how it's going to work. It's, it's <laughs> but yeah, if anybody can do it, he can. It's, it's a, it's a, you know, I said, Hey, leap day comes once every four years. Let's do something crazy. So we're doing something crazy. And by we, I mean, I, <laughs> um, and uh, quite a lot of other stuff. Um, there's uh, we just got uh, this fun. I guess I'm announcing it here. They uh, Prison Performing Arts is going to be here later in the year. We have a band called Kirkos that's playing in here. A couple other bands. Um, Aaron Sawyer's Boondoggle, which is always really funny. Um, some touring bands coming next month. Uh, Nick Kelly uh, from Fringe is, uh, or he's not from Fringe, but the show was at Fringe this year. Always Your Fool is remounting it here. Um, a couple other really amazing things. Uh, just stay tuned to greenfinchstl.com uh, or to our social media. We mostly Instagram, but yeah, at greenfinchstl. And there's there's something happening here nearly every weekend, Thursday through Saturday at least. And then we have our Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Um, that's not on this one, but our Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, like our our uh, open mic comedy 
our open our regular open mic that's everything but comedy and then our drunk voice lessons on on wednesdays which is <laughs> it's karaoke but you know with a little bit of criticism and we make your we make your song better and that sounds scary to most people but it is the most wholesome thing ever i like to say that uh they the the crowd that has uh become like regulars to drunk voice lessons is about like 20 25 strong uh many of them like had a friendsgiving this last november like without me like it, it had nothing to do with me. it was like they they just all are really good friends now and this includes people who are like touring performers that have performed at the muni that are like you know really have a lot of skill in the singing department and then all the way down to just like your regular uh like karaoke goer that it does this as a hobby and they all it's all equal footing on on our stage here for for drunk voice lessons and everybody's really good friends and everybody supports each other so like they when, had a friendsgiving not only without you but not at your place no it was at somebody's house but like just, the, but just the, like the, the way like this you know it started just like hey here's a fun twist on karaoke a way to drive footsteps to the bar but like the community that has emerged around it all these people met each other for the first time largely at drunk voice lessons so. i love yeah. that that's so that's so wonderful because and sometimes after rehearsal people do want to go do that you know i used to back when i used to do theater years ago we used to try to go find karaoke and sing show tunes the ones that were in the book right you know and folks uh, come in here yeah folks come in here late all the time after rehearsal actually brad and cam during their uh tech process here came in and this is one of my favorite favorite things that's ever happened at drunk voice lessons um brad got up and sang and i am telling you in the original key and then cam got up apropos of nothing and was like i dedicate this song to bradford and sang and i'm telling you in the original key <laughs> oh, wow. it was like that john mulaney bit the the what's new pussycat over and over again yeah. yep so <laughs> well, never diner which well, they're reopening know. in chicago Yes. My, my, my family, uh, I like, uh, I'm from Florida, but like kind of, I claim Chicago halfway and I grew up like almost on that block, like right down the street in Salt and Pepper Diner, Salt and Pepper Diner. Oh, yeah. They're going to reopen it because we, my daughter was so upset. She, she found it and she said, it's closed. And it was all boarded up. But then uh, a little while ago, she said, they're going to reopen it. They're redeveloping that whole block. Well, Mulaney should have bought it. Right? True. Tell him. <laughs> Damn it. Next time I see him, I'm going to say, why didn't you? Well, not, he's got a kid now, so his whole life has changed. Right. Well, and, just... and, you know, the, the cocaine and the rehab and the jail. Eh. Eh. Buy a diner. They'll keep <laughs> you sober. Yeah. Not a Well, bother. you guys are, because they are accomplished artists, Bradley's the reigning best director of a musical by the St. Louis Theater Circle oh, last year. And then Colin is currently a nominee for best music director for Caroline or Change. And uh, so, uh, you know, they're both accomplished, and uh, but you're not intimidating. And that's what I like, too, because if you haven't done karaoke in a long time, uh, to me, uh, you guys would be intimidating. I would think you would be intimidating if you're going to do critiques, but you're not. Just trying to make the song better. Mm -hmm. The uh, um, 
And also, like, shout out Brian McKinley uh, in both respects, making our lives easier. His assistant director last year and our director for Carolina Change this year is also nominated. Also, shout out Durance Blaylock and the ensemble for uh, making me sound a lot better as a music director than I am. So, yay. Yeah, wonderful. Chaz, I told Chaz he had to see it. He did. So, that's true. I bought a ticket. On your so recommendation, Chad, it was great. It was one of the highlights of uh, last year for me. Yeah, last summer, it was one of the uh, nice highlights. I had this I had this article going last year about my 10 favorite things of the summer, including sitting there with you guys at uh, the uh, Merry Wives. But then Labor Day weekend, I had COVID, and that went the end of my article. So, But that was one of my my top 10 well, things means summer's was, over then yeah i know but that's what i was gonna do because it was over and then so i just incorporated it into my year-end lynn's love of theater awards so anyway uh the theater circle is march 23rd and for the first time chaz is an opera only voting member so chaz have you put in your ballot yet i i have not i um don't you pressure him lynn yeah. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> I'm just saying because uh, I printed I it out. I gotta. Re I gotta remember to do that. I don't get to vote in any category where Death of a Salesman is nominated because I was in the hospital when that was going on. So, so if we have missed one of the shows, we have to cross through it. But if we've missed two of the shows, we cannot vote. So that's going to be honest. I know, I know. But uh, so this year is going to be at the Repertory Theater of Loretta Hilton Center. Tickets are available on the rep site. We have two of um, the two interns uh, at the rep were in Into the Woods at New Jewish. Did you guys see that? Did you? I, I did not. I've, I've seen so, so little this year just because, you know, I got a bar. Brand new baby business at home. They did all come in here after the show most a lot of nights though. So we got to hear some of it. <laughs> <laughs> really They can rehearse with a drink in their hand. Hey, you know, like <laughs> yeah. water doesn't count. Water doesn't count. That's a rule of drunk voice lessons. Mm -hmm. Water doesn't count. So I saw that. Yeah. So anyway, they're gonna no, be he doesn't see that sometimes. <laughs> so uh you guys did the the Putnam County Spelling Bee. Yes. That was your your uh our theater for all initiative show, the one we, we do once a year that incorporates some of our private students on stage alongside local professionals, and we also give the show away to the community for free, pay what you want, kind of fundraiser deal. Which is awesome. It was extremely successful. Like we we uh um I directed that one and it was uh, like better than I could possibly imagine, even from final tech to opening night, like the energy that, and this is, this is, I like, it's one of those, one of those things. Like I see this every time with kids, like I've been working with kids now for like, since I moved up to St. Louis now, it's been nine years and between Coca and fly North and other places. And it's just like, you know, you get them in front of a crowd and and stuff changes uh, and it's, it's akin to magic. And I should, I think, I feel like I should be used to it by now, but I'm not. 
Uh, it's really incredible. We, but we did have, um, I'm not going to name her just because she's young, but we did have a, um, a, a crazy instance of that, that I do want to, I do want to talk about because it's very funny. Um, the, the, the little, we, we casted, since it was spelling me, we casted all the kids as kids and the three adults as adults. Like that's how we, we pick shows on purpose that kind of have an element that is, that makes that possible. And spelling me is just one of those obvious ones. Uh, so Logan Schwartz and Grubinier, Schwartzy, uh, is the youngest speller. So we casted an actual 10 year old in that role. And this was her first musical. And frankly, uh, during the rehearsal process, she was pretty bad. She like, we couldn't get her to uh, even put her eyes up. Typically my, my, my one trick is, is to like uh, give the kids permission to make a loud sound in a small space. And once they do that, it, it like everything usually changes. This girl was just freaked out by my wife and I, my wife, but Angela was uh, my assistant director and choreographer of the show. Like we were just trying to like get this girl to yell and she just wouldn't. And it was, it was a whole thing. And you know what? She sounded great. She held that really long note at the end of, of what was me. And we were like, you know what? She's just going to be a cute kid and she's going to hold that note and everybody's going to freak out and it's going to be fine. But the 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 night before we opened, her mom saw a preview and was like mortified and on the way home promised her, as long as you don't look down, I will give you anything you want. You can bother your brothers. You can, you can do whatever. Like we, we got to fix this. And apparently she's not given any sugar. It's not, she's like, <laughs> they, don't, they don't feed her and they don't feed her sugar. And, and that was the one thing she asked for. So on the way to the show, the next day, she had a Fanta. And when I tell you that this girl became a Broadway superstar, making choices, like, like, like interacting with the audience, it was unreal. And she came downstairs at the end of act one and she looked at everybody and she said, guys, this is fun. <laughs> and we were like, all because yeah, of soda. All because of Fanta. And, and now, you know, when, when she's, you know, she has the bug now and when she goes on to become a Broadway superstar, uh, she better get a Fanta sponsorship is all I'm saying. <laughs> well, she she has you to thank when she's up there accepting the Tony. I stuff. failed as a director. Fanta, Fanta succeeded as a director. <laughs> I did not for the record. <laughs> oh my Coca-Cola God. Coca-Cola Company thanks you for all the uh, advertisement. It's kind of like a twisted my favorite year. <laughs> if you think about it, it's the child version. Yeah, you could work with that. All right. So you guys, you have to see Moby Dick. Chaz, I'll let you start. What what are you what's your first reaction? So you know, you know, when I, I can remember Lynn uh back uh, before the rep season started, and you and I were in the lobby, and we were both like Moby Dick. What, what are they doing doing Moby? I mean, I, I, I we, neither one of us really knew anything about it, so I, well, I wasn't sure. But then in, in the buildup toward uh, the show, and I knew I'd be uh, be reviewing it. I, I just, uh, it, it was incredible. I, I was, I, I don't, I, I said in my review, I think it's going to be one of the things to, to sort of beat the, uh, for for twenty twenty four in terms of just uh, just spectacle and. Um, uh, I don't know. I, I loved it. I, it was, you know, I, I love a good immersive um, kind of experience. Uh, I, I do tend to 
I mean, I have my guilty pleasures of, of liking things that, that are kind of light and frothy, but, uh, you know, on, on a more than uh, regular basis, I like theater that makes me feel like I was rode hard and put up wet. And I thought that uh, that production definitely did that. I will say, Chaz, uh, you used the word spectacle, and I used uh, quite a few um, superlatives in my review. But to me, mesmerizing mm. was one of them. Because, Carl, it was like Cirque du Soleil meets classic literature. Moby Dick. And, uh, you know, I never could get through that book. I'm sorry. I just, it just wasn't my uh, jam. It's your white whale. Yeah. And so I was like, oh, God. Okay. So this, right off the bat, you got the acrobats. You got the aerials. You got the dance movements. You got this stylized Thing. performances. You really do feel like you're on this voyage, don't you, Chaz? Yeah, you really do, uh, and I I understand the the um, the idea to, to sort of you know uh, name drop Cirque du Soleil, but I think actually that's a different you know Cirque's got a very very different vibe or whatever. But I I mean the the the, the aerial use, I mean you know you think about one of the one of the scenes of, of the drowning of the one character, and uh, you know you think of that going down, but I mean that they they re re recreated that on on a rope, you know, from from you know, as an aerial uh, performance, and that was just I thought just brilliant. I I loved it, um, and it's yeah, mesmerizing is is a good word, uh, uh, you know, for for that because it's um, yeah, I'm like you, I, I I could never finish the novel. I mean, to me, uh, Melville's uh, prose is just impenetrable, and that that's coming from somebody who's actually read all seven volumes of Proust. You know, so I was like, <laughs> I I I know how to read hard stuff, but I mean, his I don't know. I mean, you know, three three pages in, I'm always asleep. But well, you know, you well, start on you start and you're like, all right, maybe it's just this first chapter or this first <laughs> hundred pages, and then you're like, nope, I'm out. Yeah, well, he does go into great detail about the whaling. Uh, now, the thing is, uh, Captain Ahab and Ishmael and Starbuck are your three, uh, ten, and Quig Quig, I would say that. And so they're very distinctive. But normally there's no women in this. But here we have three women as the fates, mm -hmm. but they also are like shadowy townspeople and loved ones, wives and mothers and daughters. And... Uh, they also portray the whale. And mm. I thought that was really spectacular. The three women were the whale. Yeah, in fact, I, I really think that those that was almost um, to me the, the the introduction of the, the the their 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 characters are some of my my uh, the one the stuff that stuck with me since since I since I watched it. So uh, I mean, I think a lot of people have cited the the the, the scene with with the what where they become the whale. For me, I love the the uh, the moment where one of the uh, one of those female characters becomes the ocean billowing on the stage or what that just visually I'm a visual artist. So I, I think I was I was, you know, taken, you know, with that part of it. And then also and I cited it in my review, uh, it was just harrowing uh the, the 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 skinning of the whale scene it was right up there with i mean it was those commercials with clubbing baby seals i mean it doesn't sound like it'd be very attractive to watch but um i, I thought the the viscerality of 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 that and and that's one of the women in a kind of almost a hoop skirt kind of a thing that gets unraveled and i was like oh wow that is just 
Unforgettable. Oh yeah, and then they had everybody covered with blood because it was red paint, mm. and it was at. But one of the most spectacular shots to me, and I say shots because it was very cinematic and yeah. and visceral, was uh when um, so they they've gotten the whale, they've gotten whale oil, they've uh you know all the byproducts of the whale, and they you see all these lanterns lit lanterns ascend like they're fireflies but that's the you know that's the real uh thing of this is why we're doing this is because we're lighting up the 19th century household and uh i just thought that was just so but everything about it this guy david catlin who sat near me but i never was introduced to him so i didn't want to run over to him go hello um uh he had this vision and i mean it's still three hours we're sitting we're, it's still three hours with two intermissions, but he did strip it down to the essentials. He stripped it down to the essentials. We don't have all those super uh, superfluous chapters. And we just have the basic, the human condition. We have the obsession turned to madness. We have the discussion about fate versus free will that's at the crux of everything and so you get the it's like the greatest hits version <laughs> but it's yeah. so visual and the performers are outstanding yeah. <laughs> they the this looking glass theater company it was formed with david schwimmer from friends uh, he was one of the founders of this group they were all students at northwestern and they founded this troupe and they're considered an ensemble and it is a true ensemble and some of the people that were connected with the Chicago show are back. Like Ahab is Christopher Donahue. And he played Ahab on at, in Chicago. <laughs> so some of the cast is from that. A lot of the creatives are from that too. The sound and the lighting is spectacular. It's just a whole other character. Uh, Carl, you being a techie, you would be very impressed. I do yeah. love a good tech show. Oh my God. <laughs> so basically it's unlike anything you've ever seen these guys and the the aerials and the acrobats and the physically demanding nature of those roles yeah you can't just be a good actor you have to be a, a gymnast and i would love to have been in on, in on the casting for some of that trying to look, look for people that had that that set of skills yeah yeah so well, i think i think it's going to be one that we're going to talk about for a very long time and, and how uh, long is it still going to be at the rep? Till February 25th. All right. So, so it's going to be there. Plenty of time and to then, see it. And Colin's got a busy day and Bradley too, because that, but to, to book your place, just go, I would say, go in there and talk to you guys. Like just not do it, you know, electronically go in and see the space and do it because it's really surprising and very lovely. And just, I was just, it's just not what you, not that I had preconceived notions because I saw pictures and you have that really cool vintage poster of St. Louis that, that was around when I was in, um, like just got out of college and St. Louis was really cool. And, and like, you know, everybody had that on their walls and still cool in. Yeah. So yeah. The cool kids, you know, the theater kids always got to have a place to belong, you know? And, uh, so. And there's uh, a new place. But one of the things I noticed Friday was the entire theater community is back watching the rep because there was a time used to be 
because I've been doing this like since 2005, I've been going to the rep and um, on Friday nights, the who's who of the theater community would be there for the, what is it, industry night or whatever. And uh, then the past couple of years, you didn't see so many theater people on Friday night, opening night there. But the last two opening nights in uh, It's a Wonderful Life and Moby Dick, the who's who, everybody, everybody was there. And that was really nice to get to talk to people. And there's this feeling of uh, community. And that's the best thing about St. Louis Theater is this feeling of community. And I was very impressed that people are returning, but also the goodwill that people are given the rep. And I, fun fact, this was supposed to be in the 20, the, the 2020 season, this production from Looking Glass in Chicago. And it was canceled because of the pandemic. I thought you were talking about Caroline because that was that was supposed to be back then too. Well, yeah, you guys is which so good. Um, before you leave, can you give us a hint on what you're what you're up to next? Um, yeah, uh, well, not even a hint, just but, a straight yeah. up plug. Um, we got another one of Colin Healy's original musicals, uh, Big Machine. It is. It was commissioned at Coco. Was that uh, a couple of years ago? Yeah, April of twenty two. April twenty two. They did kind of a big, flashy production with kids uh, and adults um, on, Colin, you've described it as like the most expensive first draft ever. Yeah. Um, but we, Colin's, Colin's been working on rewriting the script. We've been working together to kind of uh, elucidate the story. It's a total rewrite. Um, but so we, the, the important dates are, we've got a workshop stage reading here at Greenfinch the first weekend of April. That's the 5th and 6th. And then we are headlining St. Louis Fringe Festival with it uh, in August. A really cool thing is with that is we're actually running the first two weeks before Fringe Festival and then closing out our final weekend with the entire Fringe Festival. Uh, so we get a, a full run and we can kind of help promote the festival alongside it. Um, August, August 2nd through 18th yeah. at the Marcel. And so so Colin's busy writing that script. I'll be directing. Um the the pitch is uh it's a historical fiction it's a story about uh how the automobile was saved by uh, the how do you you <laughs> I'm trying to repeat your words the the automobile uh the, the, the automobile was saved at the cost of the american people and how it was sold to us at the cost of the american city so we get to we get to do a little song and dance about lead poisoning everybody yeah it's great yay <laughs> <laughs> The feel good uh, hit of the summer. Oh my god! Well, yeah. I always, I always enjoy talking to you guys and finding out what you're up to. And uh, you are going to be playing for Eileen Engel, Dutchman, mm-hmm. both of us, co-star, uh, for her Blue Strawberry debut me- uh, movie music on the March sixth, and then JC's Jazz Joint on the thirteenth, and. Yeah, and they're Brad, actually the other two weeks too. They're 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 this the first and third Wednesday is one of them, the second and fourth Wednesday is the other one. Yeah. Well, Joe Hanrahan and Eileen Engel are gonna be on our podcast on February twenty-eighth. Because I have jury duty the first week of March. So <laughs> I didn't want to mess with that. Yeah. So so we will see you guys there. Now that space, see to me, blue strawberry, I always feel 
smushed in and I don't know. We're we're big fans of of the blue strawberry and Jim over there. We, I I I'd be lying if I said that we didn't, you know, use them as a point of inspiration for our space. Obviously, it's quite a bit different and business structure is different, but like, you know, the monocle or the rip, the the prism whatever it is now. Uh and uh blue strawberry and the old gaslight and the, the gaslight theater uh like the all of that we are big fans of and and you know it's we're trying to fill we're trying to fill a niche that they don't fill and also uh you know they deserve all the business in the world so it is and i think places like that um you know we're talking about theater coming back and, and theater you know looking different sometimes um one thing that we really believe in with this place is because it is a theater and bar in the community, you know, we're able to reach a lot of folks who might not necessarily think, oh, I'm going to go to a play today. Um, just because it kind of becomes a part of their regular rhythms. There's a little lower barrier to entry. I don't have to make dinner plans and dress up and find parking. I can just wander over and wander in. Yep. Excellent. You can go to the website, greenfinchstl.com, and you can find stuff from the dive bar and also Fly North. Flynorttheatricals.com. Flynorttheatricals on whatever social media you want. (laughs) And for this show, the the Dutchman, they have an Apple Manhattan for Lula and then the Baudelaire for the Espresso Martini, correct? It's to die for. They're, They're both very, very good. Yeah, it's the it's the Midwest, so we just say Baudelaire, <laughs> De Bolivar. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Thank you. thanks. Best of luck. Great legs. So, Lynn, you and I saw a movie this week. The big movie of the week, Chaz. We saw Bob Marley, One Love. No, so that's not the number one movie of the week. The number one movie of the week is going to be Madam Web, but we didn't see that because you were at Drake, and I, I decided to watch J Lo. <laughs> And that, so I like. Um, J- By the way, I like J Lo. I like. I admire her work ethic and let people be happy. I mean, come uh, on, everybody knocks everybody for everything. She is fifty four years old, and she's done. She's like the richest actress in Hollywood right now. Well, this one stars two Marvel characters. You have uh, Monica Rambeau and the last lead of Marvel's Secret Invasion. And they're playing real-life people. Uh, Kingsley Ben Adair plays Bob Marley in a very thick and authentic Jamaican accent. I cannot wait for this to come on a streaming service so I can watch it with the subtitles on. That's what I thought, too. And and I thought, like, uh, when they did the Jimmy Cliff movie, The Harder They Fall, they did have subtitles. And they mentioned Jimmy Cliff in this movie once. And only once, which I thought was weird. I, as good as Kingsley Benadare is, and he played Malcolm X in One Night in Miami, excellent performance. He was one of the Kens in Barbie. Yeah, and he's in the MCU, just like Lashana Lynch, who plays uh, Monica, uh, Maria Rambo in the Captain Marvel movies. And she is great as Rita Marley, his long-suffering wife, even though they don't... She had kids from other men as well. They they just talk about his infidelities. He The Marleys had 12 kids from different parents. It, it was... They had a weird relationship, and you can he, tell that in the film. 
Yeah, they did. Uh, so if you don't know anything about Bob Marley except uh, a couple of the songs, you're going to... Except the music. And the music is fantastic because Stephen Marley did was the musical director for this and Ziggy Marley produced it. So it's going to be very referential to their dad. Right. It is the family viewpoint. So that's why they but, gloss But it's over. warts and all. They don't, they don't make... They kind of get on Bob for not uh, cutting off his big toe and getting rid of the cancer. They get on him for, uh, they more allude to affairs than just come out right and say it. Yeah, they do that. And then she has the, the big meltdown, but um, he was stubborn and didn't, didn't do any treatment or whatever. And he died of skin of a rare skin cancer at age. Melanoma 36. in his toe. It started in his toe, and if they would have chopped off his big toe, the cancer would have stopped. But it it, it was partially like Rastafarian uh, medicine and the fact that someone asked me, could I bring my kids to this? My 12-year-old wants to go, and I said, they are high. They're smoking spleefs 90% of the film, even when they're making the music. We first thought, you know, they do these biopics and they said, oh, we're going to take a little slice of life from 1976 to 1980 while they're making the Exodus album. That would have been a great movie. But no, we have flashbacks to when they first met and we have flashbacks to him as a child with his white father. There's no context for these flashbacks because in real life, some of these things happen and some of these things are uh, – Dramatic license, let's just say. So you don't know what's real, you don't know what's not. They're all high as kites the whole time. But the music does, just like last year's Whitney Houston movie, if you like the music, you appreciate the things they do with the music. Right. For for as good as he is, because he disappears into this role, he's very good. You won't be able to understand much of the <laughs> there, dialogue. There's a white you... guy. There's... There's a white American who says, could you say that again? And I think half the audience was like, finally, somebody said it. Yeah, because I, I think everybody was trying, you know, to be supportive and not like, am I an idiot for not knowing how? But, but you know what? You Even if you don't understand what they're saying, the emotion and the context lets you go through it. Because now we're just used to hitting the rewind button for five seconds and watching again. That, for for a hundred years, you didn't have that luxury. So this is a movie that you have, you it takes you back. But for the storytelling, I think that's where it falters because um, Kingsley Ben-Adair uh, needed a better script uh, because the script is disjointed. It's choppy. You don't understand the flashbacks and they keep showing the same ones him the, the burning forest. I don't know what that is. They keep showing the burning forest like five times. And then uh, yeah. they only. Okay. So he was influential, not only in music and reggae. But in politics. But in politics. And this is a footnote. He, he, he brings peace to his country. And we're seeing it as a footnote. Why would you do that when, you know, in the beginning they do, you know, the little, the little. He, he's the most famous 
Jamaican ever. Yeah, and 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 then they they do that, and that's like a. And they little... don't back it up because then they show him they show him in England for three years. Yeah, and then there's no you don't get the feeling of like because he goes over oh, getting out of here. I didn't know where he went, and then you he, didn't. He get... goes to Europe and he shifts his family off to Delaware. <laughs> and and you feel like you have um. There's no there's no context with this. How long are they in exile? You don't get it. Like I didn't realize. And then Exodus, they could have played more of that. And and you it's wanted like, more of that. They only played the hits off of the albums. I mean, they didn't they didn't have they didn't show how every single song on that album were made. But then again, you're not going to get three little birds, or you're not going to. I don't even know if they did. Is this love? But then you see him. It's kind of like, oh, here's I created redemption song. Oh, what did you write this, Daddy? My whole life, which I thought was a that was a very cute scene, but it's. You're right, Lynn. Disjointed is a perfect word for it. And so yeah. I, I, yeah. I I was on the radio and I told people, wait till it comes on streaming. It, yeah, I, wouldn't, which, I wouldn't see it in the theater. Yeah, no, I I think it's, uh, well, the date on the calendar suggests that it's, you know, it's a, but it's going to be a draw for people who uh, obviously like Bob Marley music. Like to get high. And uh, like that, uh, what he represents. And they'll find out, everyone thinks that he died of cancer from smoking all that pot. But no, he had a melanoma in his toe. And I told some people that and they still didn't believe me. Well, it's pretty graphic showing his toe. They keep showing, they show his, it, it just won't heal. It's gross. And so, and then he, but he loves playing football, a.k.a. soccer. And so that doesn't help it heal either. And Michael Gandolfini is one of the few white guys in the movie. And he plays a record company executive who's very upset that Exodus isn't going to have a photo on it. Right. The album cover. Which is an iconic album cover still. When I was in college, the summer uh, before my junior year, Eric Clapton's I Shot the Sheriff was... It was the number one song. Yes. And it played you know, constantly, constantly. And it made Bob Marley a lot of money. Yes. And I, that's when I found out who Bob Marley was because of Eric Clapton's song. And yep. I'm sure I'm, wasn't no, a, because of Eric Clapton doing a Bob Marley song. Right. So I'm sure I wasn't alone there. Oh no, absolutely not. You know, it's 1974. So I just find that, that uh, you know, there's little snippets. You hear him singing, I Shot the Sheriff, and you hear. But, yeah, they, uh, there's parts of it that you don't know. But most of it is like, a, you know, it, it could be as tame as an after-school special. Except for all the pot smoking. Yes, I was going to say, there's that. Chaz, yeah. where can we find you socially? Um, well, I got, um, I don't know, the, I have my website, which is uh, quirkyphotography.com, spelled Q-W-E-R-K-Y, photography. Uh, I'm on the, I'm on the grams. Uh, I've got uh, at John Bent 61 and also Quirky Studio. 
and um, Quirky Studio on Facebook. Lynn, so where can we, we find you? Um, I'm on all the socials, even threads. Um, I don't really go to that. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. There's too many. Um, and uh, I'm on KTRS Radio every Friday. This Friday will be from the from the um, woman working women working women show, show at the Saint Charles Convention Center. We uh, and I'm in the Webster Kirkwood Times and PopLifeSTL.com, where you can find Chaz's reviews of dance and concerts and plays. And Chaz, how was Mama Mia? Yeah, well, I've seen it before. It it uh, it you know it uh, it didn't disappoint. Um, maybe it's because I I just got done watching last week on Netflix the uh, Dance Life um, series, <laughs> which is a reality dance series about the Brent Street uh, Academy. And um, you know, you watch the the kind of choreography in there, and then I was watching the choreography of uh, Mamma Mia. I think that some of the choreography is a teeny bit. Uh, it could be refreshed. I think just a little bit, but. Uh, um, but it was still great. Why show. mess with a hit maker? Well, exactly. And also, you know, it, uh, um, you know, ABBA is kind of one of my, my, you know, uh, guilty pleasures. And for me, Mamma Mia is a great, uh, you know, ABBA, ABBA delivery system, you know, so it's uh, um, of all the jukebox musicals. Uh, I like it. I like Rock of Ages, too, uh, for, for, for what it is. And, uh, you know, the it was a near capacity crowd last night at the Fox and a lot of energy in the room. And uh uh, the the encore songs that they do, I mean, was uh, it was crazy how how wild and, and into everybody got. So St. Uh, Louis good... is one of the biggest audiences for Mamma Mia. That really? and Wicked, we like smash records. That's how come I think they keep bringing Mamma Mia yep. back because St. Louis loves it. But it's pure escapism, and it's sure. been a you know crappy winter. And it's a story about how a woman doesn't know who her father, who her child's father is. She's a whore. <laughs> She's from the seventies. Oh, okay. Yeah, I that always bothered me. It's a story about. Let's it's... find out whose baby daddy is. I saw it in the West End in London the first time I saw it, and I love Ava, and so. I'm willing to forgive the weird European plot line. Well, it is I, very European. It's just fun. It's just like a Gidget movie to me. It's like a Gidget if movie. If Gidget slept with three guys and didn't know who no. was <laughs> Moon Doggy. I'm sorry, Moon Doggy and the Big Kahuna and everything. So she wasn't um, sleeping with them. She's Gidget. She was purest driven snow. Well. Just you know, think about. It. But uh, you're working so me up, Lynn. What? Well, I, what I was going to say is, uh, Ab is just a perennial. It's a crowd pleaser. People yeah. love it. Uh, my friend who who teaches at a Catholic school who directs the show every year says it's so hard to. I mean, to the school musical, spring musical. She says it's so hard to find a musical that a Catholic school can do because they cannot do Mamma Mia. No, you can't. You know, and you can barely do Greece. It's because they barely, there's a pregnancy scare in Greece and they talk around it or yeah, admit so, it completely. So it's hard. It's hard to do that. But yeah, Mama Mia, like the public school did it because they can, but the Catholic school can't. Can you imagine all the parents? But uh, real quick before we wrap up, Oppenheimer is on Peacock starting Friday. So if you haven't seen it, 
and you have you to can pause it. it and watch it. Yes, and you can get it and go to watch the it as a mini series as as should have been intended. Because and once you once you get to the uh, courtroom stuff, it has nothing to do with Oppenheimer anymore. It, all right, it has on, nothing on, to do with the building of the bomb. On DVD, Priscilla, the Marvels, and the Hunger Games prequel, Songbirds and well, Snakes. Uh, the Marvels is on Disney Plus right now. You can watch it on Disney Plus. Well, if you don't have Disney Plus, and big news. The Taylor Swift Eras Tour is going to be streaming on Disney Plus. With four new songs. With five. Five, oh, I read. Oh, I'm sorry. Four songs plus Cardigan. So they don't yeah. say what those other four songs are, but Cardigan is one of them. So that is March 15th, I think. Sure. Don't Around worry. There. Your kids will tell you. And then... Uh, the Taste of Things, the Juliet Binoche film for foodies is now playing starting Friday at Plaza Frontenac. It did not make the cut for the Oscars Best International Feature because it was France's entry and instead of Anatomy of a Fall. And they didn't get picked. And they didn't get picked. It was like right there. But oh my God, talk about a foodie movie. And Chaz, I know you are a foodie. This movie is so beautiful. The first 30 minutes are just her because it takes place in 1889. She is a cook for a chef. Fun fact, in real life, Juliet Binoche and the actor playing the chef, Bueno uh, Benoit Magimel, they share a child. They were together. They were married. For five years. And they have a child, but they haven't worked together in 20 years. Well, yeah, so, they 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 were they were colleagues. Then they got married. Then they broke up. And then they this is the first time that they work together since they have broken up. Right. Well, she's luminous, and he's he's very uh, charis charismatic in this. But uh, which is why which is why the director wanted them to do this because they had a shorthand between them. And they're very gourmet uh, people in real life, too. So it's about the culinary arts, but it's also this uh, late in life romance, uh, this lust for life, so to speak, in their autumn years, which is attractive to people, you know, in, in uh, real life, you know, sh showing an older couple romance. But the sets are just gorgeous. But the first 30 minutes are this like cooking because it's all that French gourmet food. It's uh, the old school, all the sauces, all the things. She's just moving from one thing to the next. The fish course, the the uh, the main course, the dessert. I mean, it just looks it's like a symphony. It's like a conductor conducting when she's cooking. And it uh, the director French Vietnamese director, he won the best director at Cannes for this film. So anyway, it's be, but I'm sure it's going to be on streaming too. And then we have a Charlie Brown special on Apple TV Plus. All about Franklin. Yes. I think how that's so Franklin came, how Franklin uh, came to town and didn't have any friends, but Charlie Brown was going to be his friend. And then they uh, they right the wrong of Franklin sitting by himself at the Charlie Brown Thanksgiving special. So 
because they have everybody sitting on one side of the table and then Franklin's all by himself on the other side of the table. They fix that in this Franklin special, which is very cute. Oh, so Chaz, anything to recommend before we wrap up? Uh, I am looking forward to um, uh, St. Louis Ballet this weekend. They're uh, they're loved by three. Uh, one of the uh, things I'm looking for is the uh, St. Louis Blues piece, which is uh, has a live jazz ensemble and Denise Stein, who's just a fantastic uh, vocalist. Um, I last saw her a year ago, not this last year, but the previous year she did a um, uh, a jazz uh, Christmas show at Jazz St. Louis, which was just incredible. One of my highlights of, of that holiday season. So I'm really looking forward to St. Louis Ballet. This will be my first time to be reviewing St. Louis Ballet. I've been trying for a couple of years uh, to uh, to kind of break in and get some credentials. Um, I guess they don't do do a lot of that sort of stuff, but uh, they're going to give me a shot at it. And I'm looking forward to it. Awesome. And Carl, I know you got to go to bed because you were Drake, but how was Drake? Was he good? Drake, it was a fantastically produced show. Uh, he he let the audience have a great time. And it is it was an amazing set. And the song, he sang about 50 songs last night. So it was, a, he could have played more hits too. He had, he had more songs to choose and you know, he's got a new album out. So he's doing a lot of the new, a lot of the old and a lot. It, it was, it was a lot of show last night. I'm glad I went. All right, Lynn, you can find me on Instagram, Twitter, and threads at underscore Carl the Intern. Have a great week. Uh, it's President's Week. So uh, there's a blues game at noon on Monday. So have a great President's Week. And take care, everybody. Be safe. See you later. Bye. Bye. Go see a show. Bye.